Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. I am Shari Reynolds. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, my thoughts and reflections are coming from 3 Nephi chapter 7, verses 1 through 15, and general conference talk of What Matters Most by Elder Uchtdorf from October 2010. So lots of times when I'm reading my scriptures, I will click on the little blue highlighted word and I love to see where it takes me. And I want to tell you that you don't have to read countless chapters in order for you to say, got my scripture study in. Sometimes I spend my entire study on just a single word and that's exactly what happened to me today. I was reading through the verses and I came upon verse 5 and the word is yield. So I clicked on that and I thoroughly enjoyed where it was taking me. And the word yield is often used in the scriptures as yielding your hearts to God or yielding your hearts to Satan. Now, I did a little research on the word yield and yielding in traffic as we know it means what it means to slow down and give the other person the right away as they're coming through the intersection what happens if we don't slow down there's a huge possibility that we could get into a terrible terrible accident so this word yield segued me right into the conference talk by Elder Uchtdorf and he opens it by talking about his experiences being a pilot when he goes through turbulence what does that mean that he is supposed to do the cause of turbulence is a sudden change in air movement causing the aircraft to pitch and yaw and roll. Now, I personally hate flying for this exact reason. I hate the turbulence. So if I can avoid flying, I will. If I do have to fly, which I do enjoy going with my husband as he coaches out of state and goes to fun places like Florida or New York. I love to be able to go and travel, so I go and I get through it. It's not my favorite thing to do. So I understand what it means for turbulence. While planes are built to withstand far greater turbulence than anything we could encounter on a regular flight, which gives me great peace. It still is very disconcerting to me and to, I'm sure, lots of other people. So he asks, what do you suppose pilots do when they encounter turbulence? A student pilot may think that increasing speed is a good strategy because it will get them through that pocket of turbulence. And he says, no, that's that's not the right answer. The professional pilot understands that there is optimum turbulence penetration speed that will minimize the negative effects of turbulence. And most of the time that would mean to reduce the speed. The same principle applies also to like a speed bump on a road. But the word yield came to mind 
when it said to reduce speed, to pause, to slow down. And he says exactly that. Therefore, it is good advice to slow down a little, steady the course, and focus on essentials when experiencing adverse conditions. What are your adverse conditions right now? What is your turbulence? We talked about the shadows yesterday. What is going on in your life that you are experiencing turbulence? So his suggestion is to slow way down. When distress and stress levels arise, when tragedy strikes, too often we attempt to keep up the same frantic pace or even accelerate because it's a buffer to have to pay attention as to what we really need to focus on in the moment. Keeping ourselves busy keeps our mind off of whatever turbulence we are experiencing. So he, ex- he explained that years ago, astronauts found when they were in space, they could not get a pen to work, a simple ballpoint pen. So they engineered and crafted a pen that could write in any temperature and any surface. But in the meantime, astronauts discovered that the most useful tool to writing and recording the things that they were witnessing and researching was to simply use a pencil. A pencil in space was the most useful recording tool for them. Blaringly, this means to keep it simple. Doing the things that matter most will lead us to the Savior. That is why we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, that we may know what source to look for in our times of turbulence. What is your turbulence? Elder Uchtdorf says to take it down a notch, slow it way down, and redirect our focus on what matters most. So what are the basics? What are the basics? Your What matters most to you in your day right now? Is it preparing your food storage and now you are frantically trying to gather supplies? What matters most to you right now? Is it picking out the new flooring in your home? What matters most to some of us is how am I going to best spend my money before I go grocery shopping? So you might say a little prayer. What matters most to you is getting right to work because you have to attack the millions of things that you have on your plate today. What matters most to you is making sure that you run your car through the car wash before you do anything else today. For some of us, those things matter the very, very most. To me, what matters the very most is that I get my prayer and scripture in. And some people say to me, I do not have time. I read somewhere that if you claim that you do not have time for prayer and scripture, that you are simply doing it wrong. 
that scared me. I, I first of all, I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to do my life without my father in heaven. I, I can't. I have said this before that I must have a very weak spirit because I cannot do life without God. I do not know how so many people in this world do life without their father in heaven, without having the savior to be a source of who they look to in their times of happiness, their times of joy, but most importantly, of their times of stress, in the times of tragedy, in the times of turbulence. So what matters most is turning back to the basics and President Uchtdorf gives us four back to basics. And I don't know that these are in any specific order because I'm going to rattle these off really quickly. First, our relationship with God is most sacred. And second is our relationship with our families. And third is the relationship with our fellow man serving them. And fourth is a relationship with ourselves. So I don't know that he is really specifically putting these in any specific order because some of us might say, no, it's really important to have a relationship with ourselves before we can love anyone else, before we can even love our family, before we can even feel peaceful and happy enough to love God. We have to have a good relationship with ourselves and that's great. But I also know that when we have a good relationship with our Father in heaven, we have a good relationship with ourselves. You have a good relationship looking to your Savior that everything else will come together. So I'm just going to expound on each one of these four things really quickly. I want to share some things within them. First of all, I will not, I will not ever put this second or third it is first our relationship with God is the most sacred we are his children he he is our father and yes sometimes I get mad sometimes I say heavenly father I have prayed about this for so many years why am I still suffering this way or why am I still seeing my child suffer in this way fill in that blank whatever it may be for you yes I sometimes get angry But then I turn to him and I pray for him, please help me with greater patience. Please help me to not give up on these. Please help me, Father, in my unbelief. And he does. Please, Heavenly Father, please calm my troubled heart. And he has. I cannot do life without my Father in heaven. We need to have meaningful time alone with him, quiet thoughtful reflection and I've explained before that I'm the ball in the pinball machine I cannot say that enough and even yesterday as I was putting gas into my car I was feeling such incredible frustration because of something that was going on on the outside but I I couldn't get the the nozzle to work I couldn't get the the machine to to respond to my tapping on my choice of fuel I was frustrated and I was like, okay, this is the moment. This is the moment where I need to pause for just a second, reflect upon what is really going on and think about my savior. Think about what I have studied. Take a second for reflection, a minuscule of a second even as I'm trying to put gas into the car. No big deal, right? But we're in a hurry. We're frustrated. Pause. 
yield, slow down, reflect, think about our Father in heaven, call out his name. I need thee. I need thee right now. I need thee right now. Our second key is relationship with our families. And the third key is a relationship with others outside of our families. So I'm struggling with this right now because I want to share a little bit of a story with you that was a huge impact on me and a huge impact on my child, but I want to share this story because I'm also sending it to a friend who is struggling deeply right now. And so that friend is outside my family. So this second key and third key relationships with our family and with our friends. So I want to share this with you. In April, a young man in our community was killed tragically. This young man was somehow intertwined with all six of my children some way. He was an employee to my husband as he, or not as my, not to my husband, but to my son. He was an employee at the parks and rec and they would sit for hours watching softball games, waiting for them to finish so they could clean up the field or he was a best friend to all three of my teenage girls. He was a first love. He was a first kiss. He was late night sneaking out and All of those things, of course, came out after he had passed away as they reflected on fun memories with him. And they were glad that they had them, but it still scared me with some of the things that they were telling me. Hillsides run on the back of his motorcycle and playing spin the bottle. They just had a great time. And and he was a best friend to all three of my my teenage girls. And so it was a huge loss to our community because he was so fun and popular and just such a handsome, good-looking kid. But he was a best friend to all three of my teenage girls. So when we, as we were going through this, we spent a lot of time through the night sitting on my bed, talking and reflecting upon those memories and laughing and crying together. Our entire community yielded. We slowed down and we looked to each other and we held each other and we cried on each other's shoulder. The response to his death was huge and there were red ribbons on every tree and there was every sign in our community said hashtag live for Jabin and you could even find that um, on Instagram, live for Jabin and and see a little bit of, of his life and what a fun and fun loving, life loving kid he was. In any case, one night in particular, one of my daughters came and stood on the side of my bed and she was sobbing, sobbing and shaking uncontrollably. And this story is even difficult to share because it just brings back that difficult night and that difficult time, which was just a few months ago. She stood on the side of my bed and she was asking me questions and I couldn't quite understand what she was saying so I took her into bed with me and I wrapped my arms around her and I asked her if she had prayed and she just shook her head no but she just kept asking me these questions mom does he know how much 
We loved him. Mom, does he know how much he'll be missed? Mom, how could God do this? Mom, why did he have to leave? Mom, he was my best friend. Mom, where is he? Mom, does he know how much I loved him? Mom, will I see him again? Mom, is he happy? And I asked her if she would pray with me. And she nodded her head. And I said, repeat these words after me. And we uttered a prayer to Heavenly Father that night and asked him to please help us to feel peace and to calm our troubled heart and to please help us to know that he is happy. Please help us to know that we will see him again. Please help us to know that he knows that he is loved. And please bless his family as they are struggling in this grief right now. And each one of these things that I uttered, she repeated after me. It was her prayer to answer her questions because I already knew them. I already knew the answers because of my maturity, my experience. I already knew the answers, but she did not. And all the while that she was uttering these words and repeat after me, she was shaking and crying and shaking and crying. And when she asked Heavenly Father to please calm her troubled heart and help her to get to sleep as she closed her prayer, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I am telling you, my child, crumbled in my arms and fell into a very deep sleep immediately upon closing her prayer her entire body had been calmed and she knew the answers and when she woke in the morning she was peaceful She knew that he was happy. She knew that his family was being watched over and cared for. She knew that she would see him again. So many of us at that time were struggling. I would even say thousands. All of us were struggling over this young man. But I'm telling you, he loves each and every one of us so individually that he took the time out to answer my child's prayer. So take a moment and take care of yourself. Talk positively to yourself. Be kind to yourself. As you struggle through your turbulence, look to God. 
look to our Savior and you will find peace. I know this. I have experienced this and I cannot share this enough with you. That he loves you individually. He loves you and he knows your name. Pause. Yield. Reflect. Upon what matters most. And I leave these things with you with all my heart. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time on Coaching Chaos. If you like what I am sharing with you today, please share it as it's my greatest hope that it will help someone else today as they search for what matters most and turn their life back to God. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. I'm Shari Reynolds.